Hello, and welcome back to Bites of History for our first October episode. What if I did all of my own sound effects? Would that be fun for everybody? Hi, and welcome to Bites of History. This is our first October episode. I don't know if they're all going to be spooky because I like spooky stuff all year round, so I might throw some non-spooky in October and some extra spooky in November. Who knows? But we're going to dive in today because today we're talking about the history of the food at Alcatraz Penitentiary. Have you ever wondered how it made it to your table? Have you ever wondered how it made it to your shelf? If you love food, then this is the show for you. Bites of History with Irene. You guys, thank you so much for joining today. It's going to be a really fun episode. I actually was, um, I was suggested this episode in a comment. So thank you so much to the commenter for leaving that idea. I was honestly a little bit nervous because I was like, oh, you know, sometimes I, I will write an episode or have an episode idea and it kind of just ends up not being, no pun intended, but like meaty enough to have its own episode. So that's where like the crumbs of history episodes have come in because I'm like, oh, these are like five little stories that I think would be cool and fun to talk about, but they're not enough to be a whole episode. But it turns out we actually got a really good episode here and I can't wait to get into it. Of course, we want to first thank our patrons. Thank you guys so much. We had a bunch of new patrons join this week. We had like three or four new people join the little producers tier and the little buns tier. It's a lot of fun. I really, really love having you guys in the Patreon. It feels really nice to have you there. So thank you for the support there. Thank you also to Sam for the Venmo donation. Sam is another patron and she's part of our cooking class here and we have so, so much fun with her. So thank you, Sam. She wants us to do the history of bubblegum. So let me know if that's something that would interest you guys as well, because I think it sounds awesome. And let's just jump right into thanking our sources. Thank you to NPS.gov, which is the National Park Service, because I guess Alcatraz is a national park now, which is like crazy, but cool. Um, History.com, Wikipedia.org, Bonapetit.com, the Bonapetit YouTube channel, uh, and SoYummy.com. Also, before we start, I want to make it abundantly clear that my thoughts on the United States prison system are not in this episode. We're not talking about like the prison system or the prison machine, as it were. We're just talking about a specific prison and what they serve for food. So that's all I'm saying. And now Alcatraz is actually oddly close to my heart. And here's why. In 2008, or 2007, 2008, my mom and I went on a trip to San Francisco and we went to Alcatraz. And that's kind of where my like, I I mentioned this in a video before. I think it was where I talk about the Zanku chicken murders, which we could do a podcast episode on. But I think I mentioned how much Alcatraz kind of like shifted my interests because we went to Alcatraz and we saw the cells and we saw the mess hall and we saw these books and just all this crazy stuff. And um, it definitely, definitely piqued my interest as a, you know, 12 year old girl uh, in my incredibly formative years. This was really exciting to kind of learn more about. And I can't wait to share more about it with you that I never knew. And maybe you didn't either. So, so to begin, we're just going to talk about the history of Alcatraz and what it was. So in 1775, Spanish explorer Juan Manuel de Ayla. I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if that's not. Named Alcatraz Island, La Isla de 
I didn't take Spanish in high school, um, but I did take sign language. So if you guys want me to sign an episode, I could do so very poorly. La Isla de las Alcatraces, I believe is how you say that. And that means the island of the pelicans because there were a lot of seabirds on the island when he got there. So he named it the island of the pelicans. And then in 1850, Millard Fillmore signed a decree. Uh, The president of the United States at the time signed a decree saying that the island was actually going to be used for military purposes. There were cannons placed all around the island to protect San Francisco Bay because this was a big trade bay at the time. The island of Alcatraz, uh, the military base situation, then became a military prison. And after seeing the quote-unquote success of this military prison, the United States government was like, Okay, for sure, let's make this a prison prison, seeing as it's on, a, you know, island 1.8 miles off of the shore of the United States. And uh, that's a pretty ideal location for dangerous criminals. Now, the military inmates that were actually in here during the time uh, helped construct and reinforce what would become Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. And fun fact, this was actually the home of the first ever West Coast lighthouse in the United States, which I thought was a funny little fact to read in the in between all these like very intense pieces of information. They're like, and also there was a lighthouse. So after rebuilding and reinforcing the military prison to become the Alcatraz United States Federal Prison, It opens on July 1st, 1934. So it's pretty immediately understood that this is going to be like the big scary prison because of where it is and what it is. And it's windy and cold and uh, an island. And this is the only thing on the island. So the Bureau of Prisons, the United States BOP, says that this is like the prison system's prison. And there's very sparse conditions. It's very isolated. This is where like the dangerous, dangerous criminals of the other prisons are going to go. Now, there's about one guard to every three prisoners. That's how security-focused it is. If you guys are familiar with Alcatraz, you may know some of the more infamous prisoners that were incarcerated there. Um, Al Capone, who was like a mafia boss, organized crime leader, very big in the Prohibition era in Chicago. He was there. The Birdman of Alcatraz was there, who after listening... Oh, I guess I sort of listened to a last, last podcast on the left episode, too. So that's in the sources also. But I didn't really get any of the food information. Whatever. Thank you, last podcast on the left. They talk. They have a whole episode on the Birdman of Alcatraz and how unbelievably misrepresented he is in the media because everyone was like, oh, he's this gentle guy who just loves birds. And it's like, bop, bop, bop. no, he was not. <laughs> but anyway, he was there. Al Capone was there. George Machine Gun Kelly, not the rapper, the kidnapper and criminal. Those were just some of the more notorious prisoners that were in the walls of Alcatraz. Um, of course, there were a lot more. They didn't just have a prison for four people. So there were usually about 230 prisoners in Alcatraz at any given time, give or take some. And over the 29 years it operated, we saw a lot of different things. We saw escape attempts. We saw wrongful convictions. We saw many a thing in the walls of Alcatraz. But now we're going to talk about what was eaten in the walls of Alcatraz in the old mess hall. Now, when talking about what these inmates ate, it's important to understand that they made, they being the prison uh, 
like workers and warden and stuff. They made it very clear that it was a maximum security prison with minimal privileges. However, they did not consider food or medical care a privilege that was considered a right. Now, the meals were really varied. They had a lot of different meals. And part of this was for a reason we'll get to in just a second. And part of it was because these meals and um, uh, menus were created by the public health service so that the prison inmates were getting all of the nutrition that they needed. And you guys, this is where this episode gets very interesting. The meals were prepared by inmate workers and were supervised by correctional officers. The food at Alcatraz was apparently the best prison food in all of the United States. The food at Alcatraz was the best in all of the United States prison systems because it stopped the inmates from getting too rowdy or creating disturbances over the food. So if somebody were to come up and say, oh, the food's, the food's bad and they start something and something happens, everyone's going to be like, the food's actually great. You can't say anything about the food. It's so good. You guys, it's, I was fascinated to learn this. The food was fantastic, apparently. The inmates and the guards and the wardens, everybody actually all shared the exact same food and all ate together. It's not like these stereotypical prison movies where they're getting like slopped on a, a bowl of gruel and it's like gray and amorphous and you don't really know what it is. The meals that these men were getting were insane. Now, something else that was interesting was these inmates were allowed to take as much food as they wanted. However, there could be no waste. If there was waste, they would get reported. And if they had too many waste reports, it would be it would lead to some consequences. But if you got a plate filled with a ton of food and you finished it all, Great. Now we're going to get to the actual meals and some examples of things that they ate in just a second. But the way that mealtime worked, I think is kind of interesting as well. So how did mealtime work? There was a certain whistle system that would indicate which block of inmates was going to which mealtime. So every inmate wasn't going to go have the same mealtime all at once because that would just be so chaotic. And also it just wouldn't work. <laughs> I imagine. I mean, I wasn't there, but I can see that, you know, 250 men plus guards and the warden and everybody trying to eat at once could be a little tricky. So there was a system of whistles. The meal times were also exactly 20 minutes each with what I could find five minutes to get from the cell to the mess hall and from the mess hall back to the cell. So meal times altogether were about 30 minutes, it looked like. And there were three meals a day, which again, like in our Titanic episode, they called lunch dinner also. This is so interesting. I wonder when that like super changed because it seems like that's what everybody did all the time. But whatever. For breakfast, we are starting our breakfast mess hall situation at 0600 hours and 55 minutes. 6.55 in the morning is when they started breakfast. <laughs> I do not know the proper way to say that in military time. They had oatmeal, fried sausage, milk, potatoes, dried cereal, toast, scrambled eggs, stewed fruit, coffee. There was so much for breakfast. And then we cut to our lunch, which was at 11.20. And there was also a 30-minute post-meal in-cell rest. So like you would have your, I'm going to call it lunch for the sake of not driving myself crazy, but you would have your lunch at 1100 hours and 20 minutes. 1120 in the morning. And you would eat for the 20 minutes and then you would go back to yourself for 30 minutes to rest. The lunch menu was a little bit harder to find, but just from some photos and like 
what I could gather from the dinner menu. I'm sure there was like leftovers and things like that, but they had fresh baked bread. They were having chili dogs. They were having potatoes and pickles and cupcakes and stuff. So like a pretty solid and hearty lunch with a little nap after. So now we are at dinner time. Dinner is served at 1600 hours and 25 minutes. So at like 425. And this lasts for 20 minutes before they return to their cells for the whole night at uh, 1650. So we're talking at like 430. They're having dinner. They have their dinner for 20 minutes. And then at 450 p.m., they are then in their cell for the rest of the night. That's like when the day is over. So for dinner, they're usually having a soup and a salad or a vegetable, like, you know, roasted asparagus or whatever. They're having a starch, which would be potatoes or pasta or rice or rolls or different types of bread. Then they're going to have a meat entree, which is like breaded pork chops, meat croquettes. Like they were having food, mama. They were munching and it was intentional. I I really want to stress that like it wasn't like these very, you know, dangerous criminals were like being treated super well. This was just one of the ways that the prison like workers and guards and stuff could reduce disturbances. So they were like, if we feed them great food. And this also worked out for them because again, everybody was eating the same food and the the guards and the warden and stuff would actually sit down. I think I said that earlier, but would actually sit down with the prisoners and like share a meal. They also had dessert every night. They would have ice cream, pie, cookies, cake, cupcakes, like I mentioned. Um, it was it was a lot of options. <laughs> so there's also even more special meals for special occasions like Christmas dinner. They have turkey with oyster dressing and stuffing and cornbread and more dessert, ice cream and cheeses and pickles and all this stuff. So it was definitely... Some prisons, um, like we learned in our death row episode, don't do any meals differently any day for anything. Whereas at Alcatraz, it does seem like when a special day came around, there was a special meal for it. Inmates at Alcatraz could actually have visitors come once a month. And these visitors could purchase special gift packages for them, which included things like cigarettes, but also candy and fruit and little like specialty food items, which I thought was really interesting too. Now let's talk about the culture of the mess hall at Alcatraz. All the utensils were laid out at the end of the table at the beginning of every meal time. So your forks, your spoons, your knives, and these would all be numbered. Uh, six people could sit at a table, so there would be six forks, six knives, six spoons. And those would all have to be accounted for at the end of the meal because they could be used as escape uh, utensils <laughs> or they could be used as weapons. So these all had to be accounted for. So at the beginning of the meal, there needed to be six forks, spoons and knives. And at the end of the meal, there needed to be six forks, spoons and knives at the end of the table. You were also not allowed to speak during mealtimes because uh, this is where a lot of escape attempts were created. But since the mealtimes were so short and you couldn't talk, it was very much get in, get out eat, you're done. There were also actually tear gas canisters that were placed in the rafters of the mess hall so that if a riot did break out during mealtime, that could be sort of like quelled relatively quickly. So there were just there were just a lot of precautions at this prison period and especially during mealtime. Something that I thought was uh, like kind of sweet was that there was a in-prison band called the Rock Islanders and they would play during mealtimes on Sundays. Al Capone was actually in the 
Rock Islander band and he played the banjo because he was such a good prisoner. He was very, very well behaved. He's actually say uh, quoted as saying that Alcatraz had him licked like this was the one uh, prison that he couldn't find a way to like continue doing crimes or try to get out or anything like that. So I think he just tried to make the best of it. And he was part of the prison band, the Rock Islanders. So coming to the end of the episode and the end of the Alcatraz's time as a prison, it is March 21st, 1963. And Alcatraz closes its doors as a federal penitentiary. Um, they did this because some people say it's because of the escape attempt. Some people say it's because, you know, it was just so crazy and blah. But uh, from what I researched, the real reason was it was simply just too expensive to run this prison. A big reason was because all food, all supplies, everything had to be shipped in. This is, if you guys have ever been to Alcatraz, it's a very, very, very tiny island. It's called The Rock for a reason. Um, and all that's on it is the prison. So it's not like they have, you know, farms and stores and things where they can curate and make their own food like they're getting it shipped in all the time and that just got really really expensive they were shipping in other things too and i'm sure it was expensive for other reasons but the food is the thing i was curious about so alcatraz closes its doors as a prison in 1963 and 10 years later reopens to the public um for tours and such in 1973 there are actually more than a million visitors uh to alcatraz national park every single year and even my time there, you know, oh my gosh, how many years ago is that? 14, 15 years ago. I still remember a lot of it, like vividly. And it is, it's so, it's so fascinating. So that is the food that was served at Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. And spoiler, it was fantastic. So thank you guys so much for taking a bite out of history with me this week. I cannot wait to take a bite out of history with you next Tuesday when we look up and learn about the most haunted restaurants in America. Spooky. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to my channel. I love you guys so much, and it means so much to see some more of you coming in and finding the podcast and liking it. So if you guys could hit that subscribe button, it means a lot to me. Turn on the notification bell so you guys know when I post a video, which is twice a week. We post our Bites of History episodes on Tuesday, and I post just like a fun food different type of video on Friday. I really appreciate it. Please make sure you check out the Patreon and I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.